beautiful Ashland, Oregon, I am Canadian Emissary of Light, Caroline Ra. Thank you all for joining me today. Welcome to Spirit of the Dawn. We are in for quite a treat today as we'll be exploring the healing effects of self-created sound, specifically humming. My guests today, Jonathan Goldman and Andy Goldman, have co-authored The Humming Effect, Sound Healing for Health and Happiness. We'll be learning about conscious humming as a vibrational tool for physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual transformation. Jonathan Goldman is an award-winning musician, composer, writer, teacher, and chant master, an authority on sound healing, and a pioneer in the field of harmonics. He is the author of several books, including Healing Sounds, and the founder and director of the Sound Healers Association. Andy Goldman is a licensed psychotherapist, specializing in holistic counseling and sound therapy, the director of the Healing Sound Seminars, co-director of the Sound Healers Association, and co-author with Jonathan Goldman of Chakra Frequencies. I am delighted to welcome to Spirit of the Dawn, Jonathan Goldman and Andy Goldman. Thank you both so much for being here with us today. Oh, Caroline, thank you so much for inviting us. We are really delighted and uh, very happy to have this opportunity to share with your listeners all about sound as a healing modality. Indeed. Oh, uh, yeah. That I, is... This is John, Jonathan now uh, chiming in and cutting you off immediately. <laughs> uh, <and> saying, <laughs> Not meaning to. <laughs> and, uh, first of all, I just want to say that what a pleasure it is. And B, remind me to tell you this wonderful Pleiadian story uh, involving sound. Uh, and that you will enjoy it, particularly if you are a Pleiadian emissary. So what a blessing. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. We're definitely going to get to that. That is so exciting. What a treat. Um, now, I would like to know for each of you, how did sound healing find you in your lives? Well, for myself, I was basically uh, playing rock and roll uh, in a uh, band. I had been actually performing uh, since I was 15 years old. And um, literally uh, started playing New Jersey, continued playing in, in Boston, and uh, was playing in a uh, band in Marshfield, Massachusetts, which is right on the edge of Cape Cod. And in between, now I was about 30 years old, and I'm, this is uh, dating myself, but it was right before the 1980s, and... Uh, I walked in with a band from a break and I put on my guitar and basically started singing and uh, playing music. And all of a sudden, I became aware that the music that I was creating was helping induce an ambiance of negativity and violence. Now, Colin, what's really, really interesting is that, you know, I've been playing professionally for about 15 years. Yes, I also went to uh, college and got my degrees and all that stuff, but I continued playing because I love music. And the reality is that I never had that thought of, you know, gee, you know, the, the music was helping induce 
an ambience of negativity and violence, and no doubt the alcohol and the different intoxicants that people are imbibing in were also, uh, you know, contributing to this, uh, shall we say, atmosphere. But I never thought, gee, I, you know, the music, you know, was doing something. And then this slightly just shifted, and about a week it became, I wonder, not if music can be used to make people feel better, which is my first thought, but I wonder if sound can be used to heal. And from there, doors just opened up, and I am that I am, and I am here now following this path that has led me there for 30 years. Andy? Oh, Jonathan, beautiful path <laughs> for many, many years. And Caroline, I uh, actually found sound healing. Well, as a psychotherapist and specializing in holistic psychotherapy, my major focus was uh, using expressive therapies and experiential types of therapies. So sound was, you know, actually, you know, one of those therapies. I had a very close friend. Uh, you may uh, remember Don Campbell, who wrote the Mozart Effect. And Don, of course, was involved in the field of sound and sound healing. And I would go to, he would invite me to his workshops. And of course, the people that were in his workshops were all, you know, very into sound. So I had been exposed to the, the field of sound healing through that avenue. And then as a psychotherapist, I utilized it in my practice. I then had the blessing of my life to meet Jonathan, and I did actually meet him through Don That's Campbell, right. <laughs> and of course, uh, having met John, this was probably about 22 years ago, and so as we uh, developed our relationship, and, and uh, you know, here we are, you know, all these many years later, uh, sound, uh, the whole arena of sound uh, opened up even much more so, and Jonathan and I have been working together and sharing our information on sound for a long time now. And Carolyn, I just got to say, what a blessing it is to be, be able to have a partner, a wife, your friend uh, working together with you. It's just uh, one of the greatest gifts that one could ever receive. And I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> oh, that's magical. That's completely magical. Thank you so much for sharing that. Before we get into humming, which is absolutely fascinating, can you give us a short history of sound healing? Okay, short history. And then we're going to get to humming because humming I never really thought of when I think of sound healing. Um, I think of toning and other forms of making sound. So what is the short history of sound healing? Short history of sound healing. Now, question, are, do you want me to talk about history or do you want me to talk about the scientific fact of how sound heals? Um, history. History, how it's used by, by oh, peoples. Yeah. Golly, uh, you know, from my perspective, probably the original use of sound may have, uh, you know, transcended communication, may have initially been used as tools of either worshiping the divine or for healing. And, you know, you get the back to the in, in the beginning was the word or there's stories, biblical stories of King David uh, healing Saul of his demons through playing music. And it just goes on and on. Pythagoras, Andy. I was going to say it really dates back uh, to Pythagoras, which is now what? 
6th century BC. Yeah. So it's been around for a long time. However, you know, historically speaking for our current culture, you know, it's really just, I mean, Jonathan's one of the pioneers uh, in the field that has opened up. Uh, the consciousness for people to get involved with with sound in current culture. So it's it's not that that old historically speaking. Well, it's it's been continuing on, but very very much in in the shadows, and now it's getting more and more until you basically as we, we discuss in the book. Well, literally, uh, we're you know we're going to jump around a little bit, but our, the first chapter of our book is full of peer review, which means. Uh, you know, uh, scientific and medical information that has basically been written about and tested and all this stuff and is really considered valid and about peer review information about how humming uh, affects us. And now that's really quite unbelievable. When I first started doing this research back in the 1980s, I was pursuing a master's degree from Lesley University in the um, basically systems of using sound and music for healing. And there were virtually about uh, two or three books out, uh, most uh, two of them probably dated from the 1920s and a couple of CDs. Now there are there's an entire industry of uh, music and there's in, there are more books than I can uh, even fit in my library on the subject of using sound and music for healing so it's grown hugely that's wonderful um we're going to talk about humming did you Jonathan did you want to get more into the scientific um effects and the evidence did you want to discuss that more or well, should... well uh, I, I'm going to ask Andy to talk about the evidence but I want to talk about uh, first of all uh, just the basic modality of how sound can heal, okay? And that's really simple. It's the idea that everything is in a state of vibration, and therefore, if it's in a state of vibration, it's putting out a sound. Whether or not we can hear the sound is a different story. But regardless, every bone, every organ, every tissue in the body, every circulatory system, or whatever type of system in the body, every gland, has its own healthy resonant frequency, its own vibration. And in fact, when we are in a state of health, we say we're in sound health. And we're very much like this orchestra that is playing the symphony of the self and everything is sounding wonderful. But what happens if the second violin player loses his or her sheet music? They begin to play out of tune, out of harmony, out of rhythm. Pretty soon the entire string section sounds off. And this is, if you like, akin to what happens if a part of the body loses its uh, frequency. It basically it becomes out of tune and it is vibrating out of ease, and we say it's dis-ease. And very simply, the uh, one of the basic ideas of using sound as a healing modality is simply that um, you know you give the string player back the sheet music. You somehow restore the correct resonant frequency to the organ that's vibrating out of uh, tune, putting it back into a state of health. Wonderful. That's wonderful. That very easy explanation. I think that we've all actually experienced that also in, in with uh, sound. Um, totally, yeah. Andy, did you want to contribute to that? Yes, I surely did. Because, you know, having that beautiful explanation of, you know, how our bodies, our minds, our spirits, really all of our bodies are affected by vibration and by, by sound. What we know, Caroline, through this 
research and through the scientific peer-reviewed research, what we know is that by using our own self-created sound, such as we do when we are humming, and we'll talk more about the humming piece in a minute, but any self-created sound, whether it's toning, uh, whatever, what we know is that on a physiological level, there are many, many things happening. Our blood pressure is lowered. There is more oxygen emitted into our cells. There are different hormones such as melatonin, such as oxytocin that are also emitted through our sound. And, and it was interesting because when we were doing this research and I ran, you know, I of course, melatonin is one of the hormones, but I was doing some other research and found that they were beginning to um, experiment with using melatonin as an antidepressant. And when I read that, you know, my, I kind of my ears perked up because I thought, hmm, that's interesting because when we are humming, when we are sounding, we begin to feel better. And so all of these physiological benefits are happening, and there is a molecule that is produced, and it is Jonathan's favorite molecule. So I will let him tell you about okay, it. <laughs> cool. It's called nitric oxide. It is not nitrous oxide, which is found in the dentist's office, and of which I am a huge uh, admirer of when I'm in the dentist chair, uh, <laughs> but it is not the same thing. Nitric oxide is a vasodilator, which means basically that it causes your uh, circulatory system to expand so the blood flows easier. And um, it's been uh, being used in treatment of uh, coronary situations as well as, well, here's one, you know, a lot of people think that they know about humming. And I say, okay, well, listen, I want you to do, do something for me. And I, so we'll play a little game together. Let's you and I do this. Let's start to hum and then we'll pinch our nostrils for a minute, okay? So start to hum and then pinch your nostrils. Don't, don't forget, to get, forget to close your lips when you uh, begin your hum. You ready? Mm, and pinch now. Mm. And the sound just stopped for those who are listening to this because you can't hum if your nose is closed. And one of the things that they found uh, is in terms of the uh, research of this uh, use of nitric oxide to... Uh, be uh, generated through humming is that uh, basically uh, if you have a sinus condition and your nose is clogged, start humming and it'll literally open up your sinus cavities. What a great simple way. Like wow. I call it son sonic drist dristan, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 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 and that's really one of the, the main reasons why uh, Jonathan and I decided to actually write a book about such a simple sound, you know, because everyone can hum and everyone is familiar with humming. And we thought, okay, let's write a book about humming and see if we can't uh, get that information out to the general public, more people. And, and what we like to say, Caroline, is that this is about conscious humming. And when we are humming consciously, we begin literally to feel better. And of course, the subtitle of our book is Sound Healing for Health and Happiness. So humming can really uh, uh, 
help that uh, feeling good and bringing in heightened health and, and, and just feeling yeah. good, which is happiness. Yes. And we have, as you probably know, written a number of books on everything from mantras to you know, divine names to all sorts of aspects of using sound. It's something I certainly personally have been studying for over 35 years. And, you know, a difficulty is that for a lot of people, when we talk about sound healing, for some reason they confuse sound with music. And all music is sound, but not all sound is music. And I can just attest to that by the person who's doing uh, using a lawnmower next door uh, <laughs> right now. And we've got our uh, you know windows closed because that's not particularly for us very musical. But uh, the idea is that a lot of people go, well, I you know I can't do sound healing because I can sing or I I can't play a musical instrument or whatnot. So you know, Andy and I were going, what? sound is the simplest, easiest sound that everybody can make. And of course, we've been working with this sound for so many years, and that is, of course, humming. Babies hum, the elderly hum, everybody hums. And now I'm going to stop for just a moment and just say there are two major ways that sound affects us on a physiological level. One is called psychoacoustics, and that is the sound going into our ears and into our brain, affecting our heartbeat, our respiration, our brain waves, our nervous system. And that's really cool. In fact, what I'd love to do in a few minutes is just listen to a little example of uh, some music that we've created that is sort of based upon uh, the hum. But the other one is called vibroacoustics, and that literally deals with the sound going into us on a cellular level, affecting us uh, on a very, very deep level, affecting our DNA and everything. And I would say that a majority of the benefits that Andy uh, talked about are due to vibroacoustics. In other words, the sound literally vibrating parts of our cells, our body, our brain, etc. And... Um, we really would like to suggest that, you know, we, this is from our, to our, to our knowledge, the first book that's probably professionally ever been written on the subject of humming. Now, no doubt there are chapters in people's books, but nobody has ever specifically dedicated a book to humming. And it took us quite a while because we wanted to make it a great book. And number two, we figured we were introducing a subject uh, to people that had the potential of bringing literally sound healing to the mainstream because everybody can hum. So here we have the humming effect. The humming effect, sound healing for health and happiness. And we are talking with Jonathan Goldman and Andy Goldman, and they are teaching us tons about sound healing and specifically humming. Um, I know that you have brought some music with you. Would you like to begin playing some of the music that you yes, brought? Yes, I, 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 I would love to. And this actually comes from uh, one of our award-winning CDs called Shocker Chance. And um, it's done with uh, myself and with Andy as playing harp and our dear angelic uh, friend Sarah Benson, who we call the Divine Mother of Sound Healing. 
and it basically these are basically frequencies and sounds that and intentionality to resonate the crown center at the top of the head so we're just going to say you know to those listening please uh um if you can uh, do not be operating any machinery if uh you know uh sort of sit with your eyes closed and just feel the effect of this we're only going to play about two minutes of it but it's going to be very powerful so for a moment just take a breath and close your eyes and just begin to hear these sounds Thank you so much. Um, what does that music, where does that music take each of you? Where do you, what, what is your experience when you listen to it? Mm, I tell you, when I listen to that music, I just honestly go into the angelic realms, it feels like to me. And I, be, I really feel just an inner peace and, and I feel centered again. Yeah. I, I, that's how I, that's, and that's one of my favorite pieces. And that, by the way, is from uh, our recording Chakra Chants 2. Uh, and it is called Angelic Calling. Yes. <laughs> Jonathan, how does that affect and you? That, that always causes my crown center at the top of the head to kind of tingle a little bit, even if I'm not expecting it. It also, of course, calms me down. How did it make you feel? Oh, it's so interesting. Um, there was certainly that, you know, cosmic, pull to it but it sent me into the ocean and i was oh i was my. more like swimming with nymphs and mermaids you know it was it was very I love that. very much very much the ocean yeah that's where i was i loved it 
Oh, what a nice getaway. Yeah, delightful. <laughs> delightful. I always associate sound with color. Does everyone else do that too? Well, some people do and some people don't. And okay. oftentimes it's called synesthesia. The mm. ability, some people can literally, and you may be one of them, they hear the sound, they see the colors. Uh, the difficulty with synesthesia is that it seems as though not everyone agrees that every <laughs> color is the same sound and vice versa. So I know of a, a story that uh, from you know back in the uh, 1900s when these two famous composers who both had synesthesia got into this huge argument at a very you know posh dinner party about what color a particular note was and I think they almost came to fisticuffs so you know once again we like to believe that everyone is a unique vibratory being and what works for one person will not necessarily work for everybody and that's true about you know I mean you know when we do a workshop we oftentimes you know say hey you know penicillin is a uh, waveform. It's a vibration. It's a, if you like, it could be encoded into a frequency. Uh, how many of you are allergic to penicillin? And usually, anywhere from five to twenty percent of, of the number of people in our workshops will raise their hand. Okay, this is an example. Penicillin for eighty to ninety-five percent of you is going to be healing, but for five to twenty percent of you is going to be toxic. And that is something I think it's a great, if you like, metaphor for everything that exists on this planet, whether it's food, sound, aroma, or whatnot. There are, you know, there are going to be those of us that resonate with something and those of us who don't. And I, and I like that um, Jonathan just said that we are all unique vibratory beings. And, and what that says to me is that there really is no right or wrong way. When we are working with sound, whatever sound you're making, whether it's humming or whether it's uh, chanting a mantra or working with vowel sounds through toning, whatever sound you're making, there is not to be. There's no judgment on that. And so we really like to emphasize that part of working with our own voice. So that gives people that, that freedom, that permission to go, hey, you know what? I think I want to try this. I think I want to try this humming thing that they're talking about. I bet I can do that. And, and of course, Caroline, in our book, we've got... Uh, we have different levels of humming. You know, you wouldn't think that humming would be that, comp it's not a complicated subject, but it's a very deep subject. And we have beginning, we have intermediate, we even have advanced forms of humming. And so we just encourage people to say, hey, I think I can do that. And I want to uh, begin to do conscious humming. And, and of course, Conscious humming, I'm remembering years ago, I think it was Gay and Kathleen Hendricks who had a book called Conscious Breathing. And so when we begin to focus consciously on our breath or our humming, you know, it, 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 it becomes uh, much more powerful. And it's interesting and I'm really, really grateful because... Uh, we hope, you know, who would have thought, A, that a book on breathing would uh, become a, um, a hit, so to speak. And I'm very, very um, 
hopeful that this uh, our book, The Humming Effect, may well help open up to the mainstream the whole use of sound as a healing modality by having people hum. I am really pleased to tell you that uh, when the book was released uh, for several weeks, it was actually on the number one new release in the psychology department of uh, a catalog of uh, Amazon, which is, to me, just amazing. That's really excellent. Congratulations for that. I would love to talk about breathing because um, I've done all the exercises in the book. It has amazing exercises and uh, I've been improving my breathing and learning how to breathe so that the sound I make is more valuable to me. Um, Can we talk about breathing? Oh, absolutely. I would love to. Uh, We have a a whole chapter in our book dedicated to breathing. And what we want people to do is diaphragmatic breathing, which is what we call belly breathing. It's taking that in-breath from deep down in one's abdomen. And by doing that, the diaphragm, which is a muscle, is lowered, and you're just able to get more air into your lungs. And then as you begin to let the sound come out, that breath can support the sound. Your breath can support the body. So we like to uh, really make sure that people get that peace around breathing, taking that breath in and getting your body in a relaxed uh, place and then begin to let the sound come out. So I appreciate you bringing up the, the topic of breath, Caroline. And what's interesting is that uh, from a spiritual tradition, uh, the word inspire or the word spire means to breathe and the spirit and breath. And, uh, you know, in various traditions, the word for spirit and the word for breath are the same thing. And in fact, in the Hindu tradition, there is an entire study of the power of the energy of breath called pranayama, meaning the prana is literally the life energy and yama is the study of uh, or love of the life energy. And in fact, we have in our book a um, chapter on something called Brahmari Pranayama. And what is that? Well, we went to uh, visit a friend of ours who's a Hindu Swami and uh, told him we were writing a book on humming. And then when we got back home, there was an email from him and it had two words. It said Brahmari Pranayama. And I Googled it. And Pranayama, as I mentioned, is for the most part the you know study of uh, the science of breath. But Brahmari is the Sanskrit word for uh, the uh, humming bee in India. So it's literally an advanced yogic technique that involves humming. We were like floored by this uh, but you know, if I may continue for a moment, please do. Uh, I would say that um, Andy and I were down at a place called Yogaville, which kind of sounds—I don't know what—sounds uh, like it should be in Tennessee or something like that. Run by Dolly Parton, <laughs> but uh, this actually is a very famous ashram that is uh, was founded by Swami Satchidananda 
who is the, uh, I like to call him the Woodstock guru. I am a child of the Woodstock nation. And I was there amidst the half a million people. I was uh, fairly young at the time. I was still a teenager. And this man was leading a half a million people in doing these mantra chants together. And I literally never uh, got over that. And to this day, I'm still trying to get the world to uh, make an ohm or do a sound together, projecting consciousness uh, so we can heal our planet. But anyway, we were down at Yogaville, and we happened to open up a copy of Pantanjali's uh, Yoga Sutras that uh, Swami Satchitananda had translated. And I just happened to uh, open this page, and it was Sutra number 1.27. I remember the number of it. And it said something basically like the original sound of creation was the humming of prana, prana, the humming of prana. They called it pranava and they had to give it a name. So they named it Om. Now I love this because it means that the Om came from the hum. And of course it does. Uh, With a lot of the studies that we have uh, mentioned a lot of them basically began with uh, because some people uh, have a little bit of difficulty initially uh, dealing with a making a straight hum but if you go it's a little easier so oftentimes we suggest that when people first hum they just add a little ohm to it they don't have to be a uh, Hindu to do that it just facilitates the hum but I so love it and the fact is that astrophysicists now talk about the ultimate creational sound being sort of a hum, this background hum of the universe. And, and I think it was, uh, I mean, every couple of years we teach at Swami Satchidananda's ashram at Yogaville, and I think it was during that particular time that the seeds were actually planted for this book. And even before the book, we got back home and Jonathan created a beautiful recording called the cosmic hum which I don't know Jonathan if we have uh, availability to play a little piece of that but it is as if though there are hundreds thousands of people humming together yeah it was pretty interesting because we you know basically said hey if the original you know uh, original sound of creation was a hum, it probably would have been this overall incredible, grandiose sound of like literally thousands of people. So using some studio wizardry, I basically, and you know, a microphone with a lot of people, (laughs) I basically got the sounds of thousands of people. So we're going to listen to probably maybe two minutes of this as well. And the idea is that what if you're sitting there and there's this cloud of creation of sonic creation that's coming towards you and it's a hum and uh, uh, I will say that uh, there's something called noetic sciences or ions that uh, people know about and the head of it uh, basically wrote me an email saying that he had used this in a workshop down in uh, South America with 300 international business people so they weren't spiritually oriented And he just had the feeling that this particular recording would help create heart-brain coherence, meaning that their brain and the heart would basically be resonating together and that it would really open up their field to compassion. And apparently, uh, he was quite successful with it. So what I'm going to do is play basically 
about two minutes of the cosmic hum. sound and to return to <laughs> our being on this incredible show. <laughs> Thank you for that reminder. <laughs> it's so easy uh, to go to a completely different world. Uh, um, you know, and sound does do that for sure. And, and you know, what we just heard, uh, Caroline, was called the Cosmic Hum. It is a full-length uh, recording. And right now, um, if people are so inclined or interested on our website, uh, which is healingsounds.com, we have a special um, offer if people want to, you know, get our book. They will also get a free download of the full CD of Cosmic Hum, which we just heard. Which is 70 minutes long, not two minutes long. It's great and for it, meditation. Meditation <laughs> no, is some really deep places. Well, it's That's great for beautiful. meditation. But it's also great to hum along with. And yeah. uh, so at any rate, thank you for letting us share oh, that. That's great. <laughs> I just want to let everyone know the website again. It's healingsounds.com. Okay. And sounds is 
is plural. So healing sounds. Sounds. Yes. And, and we'll show the book right there when you go to the website. So you'll know you're in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Um, Something that we haven't completely, we've kind of talked about a little bit, but we really need to talk about is the power of intent and how to encode intention on sound. Oh, thank you, Caroline. You're picking out the great pieces of the book. <laughs> you know what? It was back in the 80s, Jonathan, when he was doing his uh, research for his uh, master's degree in the uses of sound and music for healing, he came up with a formula frequency plus intent equals healing. So, frequency, the sound, plus the intention that we put on the sound equals healing. And Jonathan, you probably want to talk a little bit more about that. Well, just in a nutshell, I had literally for a number of years been gathering information from different doctors, scientists, spiritual masters about different sounds that they use to either resonate the physical body or the etheric fields, the chakras. And at the time, I was engaged in this master's program from uh, Leslie University, and I was basically getting all these different systems together. And you can't see me right now, but my hand's about a foot apart. And I had about that much paper of different systems from different people. And I began to basically correlate them all together, and I found that they were not in agreement. And uh, this was so long ago that the computer was using a DOS operating system. You may remember that. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, basically, you know, it uh, you know, had a, a brown screen with amber letters on it. And I remember putting my head in my hands. And I was having, if you like, a, uh, a state of intellectual angst. I said, how could this be? How could this be? There are all these different sounds that are being used. And, you know, if you had... Dr. X using one set of frequencies for one organ, and Dr. Y using a completely different frequency for the same organ, or spiritual master A using a particular uh, mantra for a chakra, and spiritual master B using a completely different mantra for the same chakra, or maybe the same mantra for a different chakra. I'm going, oh my God, this makes no sense, makes no sense. And I distinctly heard this inner voice say, it is not only the sound of the person making and receiving the sound, but it is, if you like, the intention of the person making and receiving the sound. And I wrote down the words, frequency plus intent equals healing. And, you know, and of course that was back in the eighties and, and that was well before the, the, the concept of intention, you know, was really even part of, you know, our, our consciousness. And, and of course, since then it's, you know, gradually over time, I mean, now there are, you know, specials on PBS that I know Wayne Dyer did one on, on the power of intention. And, you know, when we think about intention and sound and we think about humming, you know, one of the things I just want to share just a a brief uh, example of how our listeners can actually utilize intention while they're humming. Uh, The other day I had just a, a really, you know, I had a headache and I knew that I could start humming. And what I did, I imagined, I visualized 
the humming sound going to that part of my head that I was feeling the ache. And after about five minutes of humming, uh, my headache began to dissipate. And, and I know Jonathan had a great thing happen too when the other right. day with well, your I mean, it, blood it, pressure. Right. It's interesting. I was a little bit uh, stressed out about uh, something going on. It does happen these days, you know. <laughs> and I had been doing some pranayama, some deep breathing, but I was still, my heart I could feel was a little bit racy. And I just for the heck of it, for an experiment, I put on a blood pressure cuff and I took my blood pressure and then I began to hum for five minutes. And I was astounded at the effects. I was, of course, doing deep breathing with the humming, but my heart rate and pulse went down about 14 points or 14 beats per minute simply through humming. And my blood pressure went down tremendously as well. And I was going, wow, you know, I've got all the scientific data, but it was just one of those things that I had never personally, uh, you know, proven to myself. I knew that that I did it on a... So to say intuitive level, I could feel it, but here I had now proof, wow, you know, all this stuff happens. So just a great way of uh, really chilling yourself out is mm-hmm. to hum for just a couple of minutes. And when we, when we talk about humming, conscious humming, one of the things that we really, if you like, uh, suggest is that you find yourself a place where you will not be disturbed and that... Um, you basically sit up straight, close your eyes, begin to slowly breathe, and then just first begin to just hum for about five minutes. And if you, if you don't have a, a watch around or whatnot, about 25 hums done slowly is about five minutes. And what we really suggest, if you can do that, if you can do it for one minute, it's great. Three minutes better. Five minutes is the optimum time for really having some major profound experiences. And what we oftentimes find is that people report back to us that, you know, we actually suggest giving yourself 10 minutes so that you don't immediately, once you're done humming, uh, you know, need to go pick up your kid from school or something like that, because the reality is you may find yourself very, very spaced out from just doing this humming work. Very, very blissful, very, very uh, meditative, almost as though uh, uh, you're in a psychotropic state and just, you know, allow yourself a few minutes to assimilate the situation, to experience it, and to ground yourself. It's that powerful. And and one of the things that I want to mention is that... uh, Jonathan, you reminded me of this, but with, you know, feeling stressful because we, you know, our current culture, it is filled with um, energies of stress. And one of the things that, that can be so helpful for people is to just even begin humming, even, you know, when you're really in that place where, boy, you're anxious or you're stressed out and you can start humming consciously humming, that stress will begin to dissipate. It is really um, uh, impressive how something as simple as humming can be that profound and powerful. And what I like about it is that it's not only powerful, but it's 
empowering because we have it within ourselves to begin, you know, taking care of ourselves. We can, we can help ourselves simply by humming and taking away that stress and feeling centered again. And it's interesting. Do you remember I was talking about vibroacoustics and the fact that that's the vibration of sound on a physical level, on a physical body. And I think that may be one of the reasons why humming is so effective, because from our perspective, humming is probably the most powerful vibroacoustic sound that at least we can create. Because as soon as you begin to open your mouth, the sound in there go, no, the sound is going out your mouth. And But if your mouth is, and your lips are closed, the sound is basically resonating in your body. And then with your intention, you can project it to different parts of your body. And oftentimes, Carol, the, um, the healing that can occur is phenomenal. It's really quite amazing. Andy was talking about a headache, and uh, I'm just going to jump back so many years when I was involved in this PhD program that uh, was investigating the use of sound and music for healing. And unfortunately, uh, my first book came out, and it uh, was uh, quite a hit over, particularly in England, and I dropped out of the program to go on tour. But at the time, what I was going to be doing was focusing on, uh, in the laboratory and doing research uh, for this PhD uh, uh, program on the use of self-created sound to basically vibrate the brain and create new connections in the brain with sound. And now, close to 30 years later, they have terms for, the, for it, including neuroplasticity, meaning the brain is plastic and can be sort of rebuilt and something called neurogenesis, which means that you can literally make new uh, connections and um, uh, nerve cells in the brain. And what's really, really cool is that I, I was really quite sure that this would be so important for people with various neurological problems, including Alzheimer's, stroke, and uh, then on. And we have a real quick story, Andy, would you tell it? That's your mom? Oh, right, right. Um, Caroline, my mother, who is 94 years old, bless her sweetheart, um, she did have a stroke about five years ago. And, of course, she knows of our work with sound. And, and you know, it's a little, you know, she doesn't quite, you know, grasp it, of course, as we do from the cultural context that she is from. And um, at any rate, we said, you know, Mom, what part of your brain, if you can find out from the doctor what part of your brain the stroke occurred in, which she did actually do, we said, now what we want you to do, just try this as an experiment. We want you to start humming and imagining that your hum is be traveling up to that part of your brain. And of course, being the good sport that my mother is, she actually did do that for us. And we noticed a difference in her speech right well we're going to backtrack uh, for a minute because you know she'd had this stroke and uh, all of a sudden we began to notice uh her speech was becoming slowed and slurred and um, you know being a sound therapist if you like we uh hmm and that's when we suggested hey may you know try try this something see if it does anything and honest to goodness Within three days, her speech, we could hear it basically improving, improving, and all of a sudden, it returned to normal. 
Now, I have no clinical proof that this existed. This is anecdotal, but we recently uh, were watching a TV show that had a scientist talking about some phenomena, and he said the plural of anecdote is data. And we are really quite sure that more and more people, if they utilize this type of thing, they may find extraordinary things. And then there will be the research that proves that you can do this. And actually, in the book, we have something called the humming hypothesis, which talks about how this actually gives a scientific explanation for how this neurogenesis can be created. And uh, it's also been utilized uh, by uh, professional uh, neurologists, et cetera, who have found that uh, it's uh, useful for people with post-traumatic stress disorder and other imbalances. So we basically, you know, it's like humming is amazing. It's totally ignored. What if people began to utilize the power inherent in the hum? What a difference it could make. Wow, that is such amazing information you've shared with us today. Jonathan, before we go, I would love it if you would share your Pleiadian story with us. Uh, Carolyn, this is uh, just a hilarious story for me because it was uh, uh, one of the first times when my first book came out and somebody gave me this basically about, you know, 10 pages of... um, Xerox material from a book called Bringers of the Dawn, and the uh, chapter was literally called uh, Symphonies of Consciousness. And I read it, and I was astounded by it. it was, uh, Bringers of the Dawn was uh, by a woman named Bar- Barbara Marciniak, and it basically was uh, channel teachings from the Pleiades. And uh, when I read this, I was, oh my goodness gracious, this is exactly was talking about harmonics and intentionality and all this stuff. I said, this is what, uh, this is straight from my book, if you read between the lines, because I didn't write this because I thought I didn't want people at the time to uh, think that I was um, someone who perhaps had a, a consciousness that was open to these types of things. So when I got back to Boulder, I basically walked into my local bookstore and there were all these copies of Bringers of the Dawn. So I picked one up and I walked over to the woman who was behind the counter and I said, you know, I said, uh, this book, uh, I've got to have a copy. She said, well, it's our most popular book. I said, yeah, well, you know, um, either uh, Barbara Marciniak has taken a workshop with me or the Pleiadians really like my work, at which point all the copies of Bringers of the Dawn flew across the bookstore and the oh. woman behind the counter kind of <sighs> said did exactly what you did and I kind of <sighs> just laughed and I said well I guess the Pleiadians like my work <laughs> so that's my story but I think it's hilarious huh oh whoa <laughs> I love that story <laughs> that's uh, fantastic thank you so much for sharing that that's wonderful and it really is an excellent book I have certainly read it we have had an amazing time talking with Jonathan Goldman and Andy Goldman about their book, The Humming Effect, Sound Healing for Health and Happiness. To learn more about their work with sound healing, I invite you to visit healingsounds.com. Jonathan and Andy, I'm hoping that you can share some closing words of wisdom with us today. We would love to do that. And I want to just say, 
before I do that, thank you so much, Caroline, for allowing us this opportunity to share this information on sound. And uh, hopefully um, our audience, our listeners will maybe get a few pearls of wisdom from what we have shared today. And, and, and Jonathan, did you well, want to? Well, I just want to say that we wrote the book as a gift to the planet to help introduce sound healing to the mainstream. There are a lot of people into esoterica who know about the power of sound, but most people don't. And we're hoping that this book really opens the door, opens the gateway, and allows our ability to shift and change our vibratory field, make new neural synaptic connections, all sorts of stuff, makes it prevalent to the mainstream. We are so hopeful. Well, thank you oh. both so much for your work with sound oh. healing. Yes, Jonathan, what? Those are not our closing words. <laughs> oh, they not. Could they, they, could, they could be. They, they, could be. The, they were the preamble to the closing words. Right. So the, the closing words, and we'll begin it together, but Andy and I really are very, very much into using sound to resonate our physical bodies, our emotional bodies, our mental bodies, and our spiritual bodies, but as well to somehow interface with the energetics of our planet so that our thoughts, our sounds, our consciousness interfaces with the planet. And we like to say, we heal ourselves, we heal the planet. We heal the planet, we heal ourselves. Oh, that was very, very beautiful. Uh, <laughs> thank you both so much for joining with us today on Spirit of the Dawn. It's really been my pleasure completely. I've loved every second of it. Oh, thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. Many blessings. Many blessings. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you. Deep gratitude to Brian, Zach, and Synergy for the use of their song, Embrace the Change. I thank all of you for joining with us today and invite you to visit spiritofthedawn.com for more inspirational interviews. Sending love from my home to yours. I am Canadian Emissary of Life, Caroline Locke.